Hello and welcome to BlockSec Journal. I'm Laurent, your host. Today I have Alex with me from our community. Hi, Alex. How are you? Thank you. Fine so far. How are you, Laurent, today? Great, great. And uh, really looking forward to discussing uh, different types of blockchain attacks, provide some, some insights and, and discuss some of those, uh, those types of attacks. Uh, there are lots of different types of attacks uh, which, which we looked into, uh, the blockchain network attacks, there are user wallet attacks, there are different types of smart contracts attacks, and uh, also uh, transaction verification uh, attacks besides uh, mining pool attacks. So um, today we will pick out a few of those uh, discuss those and, uh, you know, apply our knowledge and maybe some use cases, which we heard of. And, uh, and then of course it's, it's up to your uh, own research. So uh, we picked some information, which is obviously available on the web. Um, and that's, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So if we, if we be to pick it, to pick one from uh, the, the blockchain network attacks, um, Alex, uh, what's, uh, what's one of your, your favorites, or shall I say, the uh, the most common one, um, because they're quite. There's a whole bunch. I have seen uh, uh, Sybil attacks, Eclipse attacks, uh, routing attacks, time jacking. Um, there are delay attacks, and uh, and obviously uh, quite a quite a popular one. It seems the uh, distributed denial of service attack. Which one? Uh, which one is? Um, Ringing a bell? Have you have you heard of one of those? Um... Everybody should uh, have heard about uh, such attacks because uh, we know there are quite a few uh, companies that uh, went bankrupt uh, because of such denial of distributed denial of service attacks, such as uh, exchanges like uh, MTGOX or Bitcoin, a uh, Bitcoin exchange that uh, went bankrupt in 2014. So uh, these attacks are uh, quite easy to set up because every blockchain needs to have public nodes distributed mostly all over the world. And... Uh, services who are connected to these nodes or uh, to a bunch of these nodes um, who provide services, blockchain services, um, they can be spoofed. So uh, the attacker knows mostly which nodes are uh, used for, for uh, this service of, mm -hmm. the, of the company or of the platform. And then... Uh, the attacker will set up against these uh, nodes uh, distributed denial of service attack, which means that he's flooding those nodes with crap information that the mainly um, reasonable traffic coming from the platform that will be attacked is not able to provide information and, and uh, proceed transactions over the, over the, over, uh, the blockchain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So basically, so, people people are missing out. So uh, people would want to to uh, to make a uh, legit transaction. They they'll be missing out because uh, 
it's being flooded with some uh, crap information, right? Yeah, the problem is um, the, the DDoS attack um, will stop providing uh, um, reasonable answers from the blockchain. So the transactions couldn't be um, proceed in time. And uh, this will also go uh, um, to a further attack method in, uh, called transaction malleability attack. That means that the transaction is repeated and repeated again from the service or uh, inside the blockchain and uh, they can't be processed. So um, um, the, the service has a timeout the, uh, or the platform has a timeout and the transactions can't, can't be, can't be uh, processed. So they start maybe again to reprocess and that could uh, uh, be a problem because then our, uh, we have uh, the problem of the double spendings, meaning that uh, two transactions are for the, for the same, uh, um, from the same source with the same reason. Um, will be processed. So um, this is a kind of an inconsistency uh, of, the, of the service. And um, yeah, that's, uh, that's quite not um, defendable um, without additional uh, services that analyzes this uh, kind of uh, network traffic um, and uh, then the traffic should be rated into good traffic and bad traffic. Um, and this network analysis will mostly be done by content delivery network providers or uh, um, special, special uh, security providers. Um, these systems are communicating um, internationally and uh, our rating source and uh, uh, layer four uh, inside uh, inside analysis of the traffic that will be uh, handled um, and uh, rated. So they will they will uh, drop or skip this uh, this traffic, and the attack can be uh, um, defended. Yeah, uh, I mean. Um... What what I have seen, you know, if we're talking those types of attacks, uh, some some exchanges which literally shut down their operations, and uh, were offline for you know, we can talk even weeks. Um, that must have a, a severe impact on on operations and uh, obviously uh, intakes, uh, tradings, and uh, well, everything could be classified classified yeah, as, a, as an operation. So yeah, the great problem in uh, trading. Um trading operations, real-time trading or quite real-time trading and high-frequency trading on, on digital currencies, they are uh, <clears throat> very time-sensitive. So if you have a delay of more than half a second or so, maybe the transaction has, has uh, been started but not, uh, but not uh, accepted or not uh, proceed, proceeded. So... <clears throat> You have real uh, problems about the value uh, um, and uh, the the validity of the transaction, and uh, uh, as a result, uh, maybe you have um, ma made transactions um, 
on a timestamp that uh, changes the whole value of the of the, of the digital currency um, against the, the initial sense of your transaction. So you lo you lose money or you er you earn money, but uh, um, that's not for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree. And uh, and the other the other part is also the. Uh, user wallet attacks, uh, which yep. there are lots of uh, known suspects, which you also know from the uh, real world, like uh, yep. uh, phishing, um, which is uh, quite common as well in the, uh, in the traditional world, if you want, uh, scamming, mm. um, where where people think they receive a, an email to reset the password from an exchange or anything like that. Um, it's it's rare that you would receive anything like that. It's in the real world. Typically, uh, people would fall for for it when they receive an email from the bank. They might just think and uh, and they do a reset. But uh, you know, luckily, in lots of situations, uh, there is two-factor authentication used and uh, many many other factors. But there's still many ways that people actually get scammed and fall into a trap. Um, I see that as quite quite common. Uh, and uh, dictionary attacks is also uh, another one. Um, for me, dictionary attacks, they go very well hand in hand with uh, uh, brute force attacks, essentially, where, you know, um, this can be uh, this can be done uh, via a bot army, essentially, such such an attack. And uh, I've seen that you can actually uh, hire services uh, on the darknet to go down that route, besides obviously uh, ransomware being being very popular at this stage. Um, have you uh, have you heard of any any examples or have you come across of any of those uh, types of attacks or have you experienced anything like that? Because there was there was one with, uh, uh, you know, which also goes into that section. It's the uh, the, the cold wallet attack i think wasn't it the nano ledger i think last year there was a, there was something going around about a, a vulnerability in in nano ledger wasn't there something last year i can't remember i'm not sure if it was a hot wallet attack but there was a vulnerability um on uh, ledger um, we, we posted it last year as well yeah um, but uh, yeah, this this whole uh, wallet attack discussion is uh, really sensitive because um, even if the whole blockchain infrastructure on the back end out on the on the internet is protected, um, it's like a key to your house. Your wallet needs also to protect it. Mostly, it has to be protected as strong. Uh, as the, the rest of, of the network or even more stronger because um, this is quite the handover of the identity if you are uh, the holder of the of the wallet. So phishing is, is clear. You, uh, everybody knows that uh, you receive mails or you, you receive links uh, via uh, messenger platforms and so on, which redirects you to, to some forms uh, where you... Uh, <coughs> have to input some stuff and then they try to to uh, catch catch your wallet uh, with a vulnerability they also placed on your on your device but the dictionary attack um, yeah this is a brute force attack in general and um, this attack is has nothing to do with the recovery seed phrase 
So they uh, only want to attack the, uh, the, the password, the initial password to unlock mm. the, the wallet. Yeah. So when you have a very weak password, uh, it's quite easy uh, when some uh, malicious extension is also installed in the background uh, in a browser platform. So uh, you will not see anything, but uh, um, when you check your amount uh, in the wallet, maybe it's uh, totally empty or, or decreased. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also very popular. Uh, f- mostly attacks uh, with uh, hidden extensions installed. Vulnerability signature attack uh, has something to do with uh, uh, hacking or faking the, the, the private key or the encryption of the private key. Uh, so there are called hot wallet attacks. Yeah, uh, you name it. But uh, um, nevertheless, uh, you should protect all your infrastructure uh, where you use a wallet, the hardware wallet or a software wallet, extension wallet. Also, when you use a web wallet and you access this, you should be on a secure platform when you do that. Absolutely. So uh, yeah. that's... Uh... Yeah, one of them which which uh, made me think also is the uh, the attack on cold wallets. I was thinking first, well, how is it actually possible? Well, if someone connects their their cold wallet uh, to the uh, to their system, to a laptop or their their PC, if you want, um, and they have malware installed on the system, um, that obviously could could compromise uh, whatever's on the cold wallet. So. Uh, but uh, if we're moving on to smart contract attacks, I mean, we mentioned it um, a few times also in the discussions which right, we had yeah. in, in, in some of the, the sessions, also the Solidity session, uh, which uh, took place uh, also this week. Um, yeah, the vulnerabilities in, in, in contract source code, which, which we discussed, where it's really worth um, going for a bug bounty, uh, you know, on, you know, st- basically play around on the test net before you start launching your your uh, your code into production in, into the mainnet. Um, obviously, there are other considerations which are also mentioned out there. Uh, vulnerabilities in in virtual machines—they're quite different types. Uh, one of them, the the cryptocurrency lost in transfer, where uh, you know uh, maybe funds have been transferred to a address which doesn't. Uh, exist or well it, it exists but maybe it doesn't have an owner or uh, it's been transferred to the wrong address uh, things like that um, that's that's also covered in our FTX session where we spoke about it with the recovery funds uh, amounting instead of 5% at 15% which was quite intense but mm-hmm. uh, I was always under the impression, um, impression that it was also also um, Kind of the idea that um, you can't actually pull funds back, retrieve funds again once they have been transferred. That's that was my impression. Um, but uh, in an Ethereum world, uh, I think there are different types of uh, uh, protocols or standards for it, which which I went through at some time, looking at the different types of ERC t- standards, which would make it possible to actually recover funds. Um, but I guess uh, I guess that's another topic, and uh, and then there, just to 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 wrap up, there are two two other sections. Uh, one is the um, transaction verification 
uh, attacks, um, the, the classic double spendings. So uh, the, the, the classic 51% attack where um, essentially uh, a currency could be spent twice. So essentially double spending if someone um, can hijack or take over 51% of the hash power of a, a blockchain network. Um, the Finney attack, um, I mean, I heard of Finney as a, as a guy um, <laughs> back, in, uh, back in the days, I think it was in 2011 or 2012. But uh, yeah, I wasn't too familiar with the Finney attack. Have you heard of that one? Um, I heard about about it, about that uh, kind of attack, um, but I'm not uh, sure if I understand it right because uh, Finney attack has something to do with pre-mined transactions uh, that will be injected into a block. Um, so the network think uh, these transactions are verified. But uh, it's not true, and uh, then it's kind of, kind of an invalidity that uh, a blockchain protocol that uh, is not aware of such a, an injection would go further on and uh, and uh, increase the, the the block number. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> that's a problem because then this faked transaction that is injected into a block is uh, valid. Yep, 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 yep. And then we have also the race attack. That's the last one uh, of the transaction verification mechanism attacks. Um, can you uh, tell us something about that? Yeah, the race attack, um, I only, uh, well, basically the race attack, what, what they're mentioning that it can be executed by an attacker only if uh, traders accept, accept the, the, the actual transaction with uh, zero confirmations. It can be uh, potentially avoided if traders religiously wait for six confirmations um, before proceeding ahead with a transaction. But um, I think that kind of statement, uh, it depends, it doesn't apply to all types of blockchain networks. That must be probably more related to Ethereum. Um, because I'm not, uh, I'm not quite sure uh, if you're talking six confirmations, if that's a, a global thing. Um, no, uh, this is uh, mostly uh, common to or adaptable to Ethereum. Yeah. All of the attacks are, are in general um, compared or, or applied to Bitcoin or Ethereum blockchain that we discussed re recently. So... Um, it depends in detail uh, which uh, blockchain um, should have been attacked or, or will be attacked. So not every attack method is, is possible on, on every uh, actual blockchain. Yeah. And, uh, and then on the mining pool attacks, uh, mining pool attacks, um, essentially vulnerabilities in the blockchain consensus mechanisms are typically exploited by attacks, attackers. And uh, 
when they when they try to get control over mining pools, uh, which which can be of internal and external nature, um, I leave this open to our listeners. They can explore on the web their different types, like selfish mining, um, and uh, also FAW attacks which I let you research and have some fun with if you're interested in all sorts of attacks. And uh, we're going to check in next week again and uh, find uh, another interesting topic to discuss. Uh, thanks again, Alex. It was awesome to have you back on the show. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and looking, uh, looking forward to, 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 to have you back sometime soon. Thank you for having me here. And uh, I wish you all. A great weekend.